What do we say, Simplexiters? <laughs> I caught you a little off guard there. You did. Typically, I say fam, but welcome to Simplexity, a podcast where we take seemingly complex matters and attempt to make them plain and simple, and this is the launch of Season Dose. I knew you were going to say that. You know it. You know it. I got to know you so well over yeah, Season That's the dynamic now. Now we just pick up where one another leaves off. And uh, we got to finish each other's sentences, sandwiches. You're lame. You're still just as lame this season as you were last. That wasn't my resolution to change (laughs) and be less lame. But it is good to be back at the table with you, little partner. (laughs) Little partner. Good heavens. (laughs) We're starting on a nice condescending note. I like it. Um, What'd you get for Christmas this year? Did you have a fun fun holiday? I did. I had a great holiday. It was very easy. And I've been in it for the last two months, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, last two months being November and December of 22, uh, I came in for a crash landing because um, many of our listeners probably aren't aware of this, but Ruth and I bought an old fixer-upper and uh, realized we were way too old to be doing that. We thought it was a good idea, and I cast quite the vision for it. (laughs) As you do. And then had to wait, we gotta do, do everything and anything I could to live up to it. And finally we got in, but I used all my resources. <laughs> and so I told Ruth, buy me nothing. Mm. But I still had to get her something. But my mother in law did give me um the 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 best gift that I've received in some time. In that I got a wonderful cologne, Burberry. And then we talked about them yes, a few weeks ago. Yes, we did. And uh, and then I got an incredible butterscotch leather weekend bag. Can't wait to use it. Weekend bag. Yeah, it's like a. It's not a full size duffel bag, but it's like three quarters. But it looks really good. It's going to go great with my shoe game, yeah. and I can't wait to travel. I learned so much from you. <laughs> I, I didn't know. Weekend oh, travel bag. accessories. I just like listeners to chime in on this. Travel accessories. Quit boots looking at them like are, you have cut me out of the conversation. Are just at this as point. important as any other accessory when it comes to the style game. Gosh, can I, I agree? Can I get? I agree. Amen. Beck agrees with that. I just so, don't have. I don't have the patience for that. Oh my goodness! It's, it's not like patience. It's, I'm it's not discipline. Well, I don't know because. I'm not, I'm not traveling somewhere so I can look like I'm traveling somewhere. Oh, oh, oh! I'm <laughs> <laughs> just saying. It's Whoa. about the, the, the destination. Take major and the offense tra- to yeah. that. All right, we gotta make sure it's we got. It's not my, about the destination. <laughs> Haven't you learned anything in life? It's about the journey, and largely, it's about how you look in the airport. It's about how you look on a journey. That's exactly well, right. Well, that, that's true. We do need to judge people how they there look is the no runway like an airport terminal. <laughs> Can I get an agreement with that? That was a good line. Did you come up with that? <laughs> right now. Right here. I'll give you that one. All right. So we're back to... <laughs> we're we're back, to, back to even. Tit for tat. All yeah. right. Yeah. It is good to be back with you, though. I, Thank I you. I do agree with that. Amen. I've uh, I've missed you. 
Yeah. I have missed you. <laughs> yes. I like, I like how you needed to say that again. <laughs> like, you didn't feel like you meant it the first time. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me try like, that again. I had to say it yeah. to hear myself so like, I mi- to determine whether or not I really believed it. I, mi- I, I missed you? I missed <laughs> It's a Was that a question? <laughs> oh. So we're going to jump in with both feet. Not necessarily in the deep end of the pool, but a very fitting portion of the pool because of the time and place that we find ourselves in at the turn of the year. What are we talking about today? Well, the part of the pool I believe you're referring to is the resolutions come part on, of the pool. Come on, uh, due to the fact that we are not quite January first, but we're no. we're in the like you said, the beginning part of yeah. January. Um, I'm I'm one of those guys that sort of give I don't I don't I used to be very staunch on resolutions, goals, all your your ambitions have to be predetermined and set by mm-hmm. Jan one. I I I now the older that I, I get, I, I allow myself like a two week grace period. Oh. Yeah. I'm sort of figuring it out. So until we get once January's over, resolutions are done. All right. You, okay. you can't you, you can't like establish yeah in february uh-uh okay. so for me I, I take the first two weeks and sort of feel things out yeah where i'm at you know i don't like to rush into things like i used to <laughs> you're older and wiser now that's right uh well it's funny that you said that you you only have the the first few weeks of january and that by the time february rolls around yeah it's too late and did you know Mm-mm. that 81% of people who start resolutions by February have already failed? Yep. Yeah. So that's a very um, mm. little bit of a discouraging stat. <laughs> yes, like, it is. You're like, well, you, you better start before <laughs> February. And then all the stats is like, well, you're going to be done by February. <laughs> so, right. Well, I think, I think some of that is because people start strong and they haven't really thought through. How, going back to our habits episode, mm-hmm. how they're really going to make this, whether it's a, a resolution, a determined goal, an aspiration, how they're actually going to make it a lifestyle. And so when you just sort of rattle off, hey, this is what I want to change, this is my goal set, yada, 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 mm-hmm. and you don't think through all the implications that come with it, it doesn't surprise me at all that, hey, most of us have fizzled out by February. So... Um, Hannah, she works at the hospital and she, and then I just like say something completely irrelevant to what you just said. No, there is a tie in. Um, but you hate that. Yeah, like, just... like me, I, let's just pause right there. Okay. That's, that's, that's a good point. I will talk to people where I actually, I won't let people get away with that. If I make yeah. a statement or if we're dialoguing and they just pivot and and give zero response yeah. to what I just said. I'll go, whoa, whoa, whoa. We were we were in in motion, yeah. <laughs> and now you're out in left field. But it's really unfortunate when I see it happen in another couple's like conversation. Oh, and then they don't know what to do. If you're like counseling or something, no. Like if you're like watching someone have a conversation. <laughs> And they make something, whether it was passionate or they were really emphatic. Yeah. 
And then the other person doesn't even pick up on it and like pivots like like. It's so what do you want to get for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad for him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that being said, that's not what just happened here. No, it is not. Um, I was trying to jump off of what you Where said. Where are you going, Sam? <laughs> yeah. That's weird. <laughs> okay. I was trying to jump off of what you said of people not having a way to make things happen with their ambitions mm. or their goals because uh, Hannah was telling me that a nurse that she is currently training, um, they were talking about resolutions, and and this nurse was like, yeah, I have the same resolution. I don't know how she talks, but that's just how I assume. Yeah. That, <laughs> don't cancel me. <laughs> um, but she, she said... she's not listening yeah, right I now. I would be shocked, but um, she said something along the lines of, well, I have the same goal that I always do. And she's like, oh, what's that? And she said, to be a better person. <laughs> and Hannah's like, oh, so what does that mean? And she's like, uh. <laughs> like She had no plan as to what it looks right, like right. to be a better person. And it's funny that you mentioned the habits episode. That a better person is very subjective. Exactly. Yeah. According to who? Um, and compared to what? That's the question we ask. But um, compared to what? You you mentioned the habits episode, which there there will be a lot of overlap with this one, I would say. Yeah. But um, I I mentioned this to to Becca, but um, Hannah and I actually did the old sharpen the saw thing that you uh, yes. talked through in that episode, where we sat down, we got a little dinner. Um, Where'd you eat? Stony River. Do you like Stony River? I do actually. Uh huh. You don't clearly. No, I no no no. It's not that I don't. I I, I went there uh, maybe once or twice. Yeah. The, the, What'd you the get? The steak was good. Yeah. Yeah. I um I actually got a great ribeye there one time, and I sat on the didn't sofas. like it for some reason. It was a great no, ribeye, but good. I don't like. The I place. just the, the atmosphere. I couldn't I couldn't find my groove there. It all looks incredible, you know, the sofas and the fireplace. It feels like a great winter spot. Hmm. Yeah. Does that resonate? Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, good. It it is a interesting atmosphere for a a steakhouse, I guess. It's a little bit bustling for my huh. preferred steakhouse. This sounds Five. very pretentious. Very. So I'm gonna Go ahead, stop Dal. right there. <laughs> um but I but I like it. I like it a lot. There was probably a lot of fans that were bugging you that Yeah, night. I just, I need my privacy. <laughs> I did run into a guy I knew. It was another pastor um, in Annapolis. Oh, okay. And, uh, you're going to give him a shout out? Citizens Church, Joey Nickerson, if you're listening. Hey! I just, I literally looked across the room, and he and his wife were sitting at a booth, and I like looked at him for a second, didn't know, if it, and then we just made eye contact. Was he trying to avoid you? No. Okay, good. I'm not going to assume that. Amen. And I just went. <laughs> That's I, what you've done to me. And I knew that that was him. But great place. That's where we were uh, eating dinner. Sharpening that's where we, we saw. That's where we wrote out our goals. and Okay. Practical ones, daily ones, weekly ones. So it, it wasn't just kind of lofty. I'm going to be a better person. Hopefully. But um, no. So that was that was a very helpful chat that we had and hopefully we'll build on that a little bit today amen love it okay well let's get into it okay so when it does come to resolutions lots and lots of people have despairing perspectives of 
resolutions. Actually, it was interesting. Johnny Blaze, your brother, was preaching this past Sunday, and he asked by show of hands how many people... a few Sundays ago. Oh, yes, it was. I apologize for that. (laughs) Okay, thanks for... Thanks for... Thanks for nothing. Anyway... (laughs) So John asked by show of hands how many people are resolution people and only, you know, very dismal few showed that they are into that, whereas the overwhelming response was people do not set resolutions and or goals. And that then took on what felt like a very cynical tone. And I feel like that is largely accurate of how people approach year-end or new year goals. Whereas I find myself in the camp of I am a resolution person. However, I've been morphing. I find this year after year, I'm sort of morphing in my perspective or my degree of care. And I don't mean that like uh, it was Becca that I was in conversation with recently that said it's it's not so much a, a care less, it's just a different way of caring that I feel like I've sort of grown into. What do you mean by that? I feel like in years past, I cared deeply about me getting my goals right, Not, not, not just fulfilled, not just arriving at the desired destination, but really itemizing them, scrutinizing the areas that I wanted to grow considering the implications therein. And I've come to realize that all the strain and effort that I would give towards that that um, really did not benefit me much at all. No? No, no, it didn't. Because I felt like as the year went on, there were so many factors that I didn't consider. And there were so many things that I would then feel a guilt over that I felt like I had to loosen up a bit because even the the goals that I did arrive at, I felt like at the end of the year I was able to look back on and go, man, I really crushed that or I did fulfill that. It didn't really satisfy like I thought it would and it really didn't benefit me like I anticipated it would. Can, we, can we give an example? Yeah. To kind of bring this picture to life. Totally. So um, like for instance... Uh, last year, and whether it was last year, but like I wanted to read at least at minimum now. So, so my reading list comprises of Insta read. So, Insta read are like short, like uh, sort of, um, yeah. And Insta read, I would commend that all the day long. It would be like the highlights of New York Times bestsellers, and a lot of a lot of Insta read is. Um, Fiction. I mean, nonfiction. I'm sorry. Please forgive. Would be nonfiction. So leadership books, financial books, self growth books, things like that. So I would have a daily diet of those while at the same time I wanted to read a textile, a full book, once one book a month. And yet I didn't really determine the genre of books I wanted to read or really what I wanted to accomplish through because those books sort of fit my when it comes to sharpen the saw, you got financial, spiritual, physical, educational. Those would fit my educational mm-hmm. sort of criteria. Yeah, but I wouldn't know what did I learn. What did are, I? Are you re- referring to the Insta reads or the both Insta reads and okay. the twelve? I, I I thought it was so all over the map that I got to the end of the year and it just felt a hodgepodge of 
good literature, but nothing that I really felt like there was a single area that I really wanted to grow in, in my intellect about or in my wherewithal about. I just felt like that was a lot. That was a lot of for a nada. Mm. And so I've come to really sort of shorten my list of here's what I want to grow in. Craig Rochelle is a guy that he just picks one discipline a year. Mm. And he said, you know, hey, after 12 years, you got 12 disciplines that you really gave your emphasis to rather than trying to bifurcate yourself into all these different areas. And that, I heard that this past year, and that very much resonated with me. Like, what's one area in my life that I'd like to? So I haven't really put that into practice yet because that was last year. Yeah. And I'm still in my two-week grace period. You've got the grace period. (laughs) (laughs) But... Can, well, can I just can I say in response to that, please? There are probably a lot of people who who would hear you say that you read twelve books and be like, "I would feel really proud if I did that." You know. So, do you think it, that there's a level of a moving target target there where it's kind of like, well, you're always going to critique yourself that it wasn't. Yes. Good enough, in, I, in a sense? Is, is that where some of the frustration certainly comes I, from? And, and anybody that did read 12 books, I would commend and celebrate them and say, man, that's that's awesome. For me, I just want, as you, as you rightfully said, it is a moving target. So for me, I really feel like, um, as I said from the onset, I'm caring different now. I want to care about mm-hmm. maybe one area that I can really keep my eye on, really determine, and really sort of measure. Did I grow in that area? Did I... I mean, it's great to read. I think everybody, readers are leaders. But... Leaders are readers. And leaders are readers. But I do think that for me, I feel like I am caring different. In the same way, like for instance, and here's here's what I mean by caring different. Maybe this will resonate a little deeper. My, I have three kids... Asher, Lucia, Silas, they all care deeply about their context of life. Mm-hmm. Asher cares deeply about his work and his future and what he's going to you know, do after he graduates and, and, hey, his style and his room and his cleanliness. I mean, he will cut you. And his travel bags. <laughs> and his travel bags. He is all about the journey. <laughs> Lucia cares deeply about cheer and high school and her friend group and what she's going to do on the weekends and things like that. That You will not get that care out of them. As an adult, I can look into their little worlds and go, you shouldn't even care about yeah. that. No big deal. Mm-hmm. There's no way I would convince them not to care. They have to grow out of that. Or they have to either grow to where they understand that to a degree. Silas cares deeply about basketball and lacrosse and, you know, eating, you know, foreign objects that he finds on the ground. All that said, I think as you get older, your care changes. It shouldn't lessen. It should just become different. And so that's what I find. You know, I I pushed back on what you said a little bit, but I do appreciate because I, I think it is a very healthy place of you're 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 beginning to care less about well I just need to read twelve books yes and it's a little bit more geared toward well I need to read things that are going to help me refine a discipline well I, said. I need to I need to tailor my goals kind of what James Clear talks about in Atomic Habits yep. it's more about becoming 
a better person. No, it's about... <laughs> she was right? <laughs> <laughs> she was right the whole time. <laughs> well, it's about building disciplines, building a better process for yourself. Yes. And, you know, it's not just about... It's not just about the measurable goals. It's about what those goals underpin. Well said. Well said. I could I could have been a little clear with that, but no, that's what you're here for. Well, I don't think you were unclear. I think I was just unnecessarily difficult. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to hear what some people set their resolutions toward? Go for it. All right. Number one. Yes. Number one is exercise more. That's 52% of people's New Year resolutions. Number two, you got eat healthier. Mm -hmm. Kind of similar is lose weight at number three. Top three are all physical. Yeah. That's interesting. Hmm. Yes. Number four, save more money at 30. You expected a little commentary on that, did you? (laughs) Did you not? No, I I was just taking it in real time. Okay. Number four, like I said, is save more money, Mm -hmm. 39%. And then lastly, oh, here's a good one. 37% of people want to spend more time with family and friends. There we are. There we go. On Instagram. Yeah. It doesn't say that. I just added that. But that's what what people set their goals with in January and then fail at by February. 81% of people do. Huh. Okay. So, so it doesn't surprise me. That last one does. That's a, that's that does it? Yeah, feels like a um step in the right direction. Yes, it does. Yeah. Um I get eat healthier, exercise more, lose weight, save more money, but spend time with family and friends. That's that's encouraging. That's those are people that like to they want to make memories. <laughs> Is that not you? <laughs> I love memories. I don't want more moments. I want to remember more moments. Oh, isn't that isn't that a cheesy meme? That's uh, 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 I'm sorry. I digress. Yeah. Anyway, um, I do think that there is a interesting aspect of the fact that there is such a concentration on our physical well being and our financial security, that this is where people resolve, I need to change. Um, and sort of it, it, it segues into what I've sort of been thinking about this year um, as to really what I want to give concentration to. And I think that this is the paradigm shift that I'm under, that these are very congruent with my own goals of the past. I would yep. always aspire, hey, I want to make sure that I stay fit. I'm in the gym three days a week. I'm eating healthy. I don't put on weight as I get older, things like that, that, hey, I create a little bit more financial security or stability um, and all of those things. But when it got right down to it, there was still this sort of, I, was, I, found, I found myself left wanting. And so this is my newfound sort of aha moment that I feel like I had in my crash landing of last year. And that is, is that some of those, as great as they are, are not really realized in how beneficial they are because they, where they found themselves in, in my sort of list of priorities was off. And here's what I mean by that. Jesus 
in Matthew chapter six. See how I segued right there? As soon as you, <laughs> All say you gotta Jesus, do is Jesus, like, Jesus, <laughs> preacher voice kicks in. Open your Bibles, please. <laughs> but he's talking to a group of people. This is the Sermon on the Mount, and he's really speaking about what weighs people down. So this is a universal. This is a universal text. And he's talking about people that were living in a day and age where to have your meals outlined and sort of, you know, your daily provisions already had was only experienced by those that were extremely wealthy. That was a luxury. And so day by day, they had to figure out where are we going to get food to eat? How are we going to take care of our children? Where are we going to get clothes to wear? How are we going to up, you know sustain what we have. That was a daily worry or a daily concern. They didn't have meal prepper classes. <laughs> oh my gosh, no blue ribbon or what, yeah. what, 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 what is that? Uh, HelloFresh. HelloFresh, what did your brother? That was uh, purple? That's a mattress. No. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, my brother just got one. <laughs> yes, nice. these are very expensive mattresses. They are. But I thought it was, um, it's it's the meal prep plan where they drop it off. Ooh. Blue Apron, thank you, Miss Fact the, Checker. The fact check finally came <laughs> yes. through. Yes, Blue Apron. No, they didn't have none of that in Jesus' day, all that. Yeah. But Jesus is going to speak to that, speak to what are common concerns, common worries, common anxieties, things like that, just common lifestyle issues. And he says this, why worry about your clothing or how you look in the airport? (laughs) Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon, this this is very interesting, in all of his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. Solomon was the richest person that's ever walked the face of the earth and had the, the, the ability to adorn himself in the finest and those closest to him in the finest. I mean, and there was no limitation on him. My and man yet, had a travel bag. He definitely had a little butterscotch tra- weekend bag, couple of them. However, in all of his adornment, Jesus says, he pales in comparison to how I dress the lilies of the field. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty baller. Yep. He goes on to say, God cares so wonderfully, and if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have such little faith? He goes on. So don't worry about these things what we will eat, and what we will drink, and what we will wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows your needs. Here he goes. So seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and he will provide you all these things. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry, will bring about its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Here's here's what I really felt like God spoke to me concerning this year's New Year's resolutions, is that I really want to prioritize if there's going to be about come about any change in my life, I want to prioritize 
really seeking Jesus and not just seeking him in um, in a professional sense, like as me being a pastor and me having, you know, um, the responsibility to preach and teach, but to seek him so I get to know him in a deeper way in 23 than I did in 22. Like the Apostle Paul says, I want to know him in his suffering. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. I want to know him intimately. I want my whole life leveraged so that I grow in the knowledge of God and his love for me. That that right there is what Jesus said. When you seek and prioritize my kingdom, he said, all the things that you typically prioritize to worry about, whether it be your clothing, your financial stability, the foods that you're going to eat, your personal ambitions, aspirations, he said, I'm going to give you all those things. Now, he doesn't give us our wish list all mm-hmm. the time, but he says, I'm going to take care of all of your needs when you prioritize me first and foremost. I, I have come to realize that I can set out to have many a plans throughout an annual year, but this is what Scripture says, many are the plans of a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. At the end of the day, God's going to do what God wants to do. So I want to be aligned with Him. Mm-hmm. I want my resolution to be, Lord, you lead, I'm going to follow, and I'm going to make my resolution that of, I want to seek you first and foremost so that your plans come to fruition in my life and that all the things that I typically worry about, you just take care of those, and I'm going to take care of this one. I think that has liberated me to say, if you're going to care, care about this first and foremost. I, I, I think that's how you do life. Mm-hmm. That's how you do life. I think we, many times we get our priorities backwards. I'm going to worry about my food, my clothing, my well-being, all my, you know, all the things that create a sense of security and stability, I'm going to worry about those, and then whatever I have left over, I'm going to seek Jesus. Man, that's twisted. That's twisted. I just think that even if you do worry about all these and you get them to come to fruition, you still, you still feel dissatisfied. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you might be stable, but you have a hole in your heart. You might have a lot of security because your closet's lined, your refrigerator's well-stocked, you got a little money in your portfolio, but you still ache internally. I think Jesus' way of doing life is the way that I want to do it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a run this year. How about that? How about that? No, that sounds good. And then I just throw out my sharpen the saw thing. I'm like, well, <laughs> guess I'll give that up. <laughs> Um, no, I want to save thirty-two dollars a week, and uh, I want to eat out less. Yeah. No, but you know, I say that jokingly. Um, but yesterday we were just chatting about this concept a little bit, and something that you said really stood out to me, where you said, you know, kind of in in the earlier years of ambition or goal setting, the mindset of a believer yeah, can be, all right, I'm going to set this plan. I'm going to prepare this. I'm going to put these goals down, prepare the way, and then I'm going to ask God to breathe on it. Yes. Instead of what you're advocating for right now, which is I'm going to start with him first, and then you show me where, where you would have me set goals or build disciplines or refine, you know, processes and whatnot. Absolutely. Um, which is a very 
important distinction. What do you think that looks like practically? So where I think it looks like practically for me is, number one, I really want to seek, this is going to sound really spiritual, but bear with me. When I take Matthew 6.33, seek me first in my kingdom and my righteousness, and all these things will be added to you, all these things will be taken care of for you, I really break that down into three three distinct seeks, if you will. Hmm. First, I want to seek his face, meaning I really want to get to know him. I want to study the person of Jesus. I want to spend time in his presence. I want to listen for his voice. I want to see him in my time alone with him. Secondly, I want to seek his hands, meaning I want to find out where Jesus's kingdom is moving. Mm. And I'm not just talking about like in the church. I, I have come to a place in my pastorate now where I am as excited about being a believer outside the four walls of the church than I am inside. Mm-hmm. Meaning my, my, I, I, I am as inspired to really engage people in conversation um, that don't know Jesus, don't ascribe to the Christian faith, as I am about preaching. Mm. Like Ruth and I, the other day, we were, or other evening rather, we were um, sitting at Harry Brown's. You know Harry Brown's? Mm-mm. Boots, you would love Harry Brown's. It's downtown Annapolis, hmm. right on State Circle. It's this quaint little, it's a great winter spot. There's an upstairs and a downstairs. The upstairs is a little more cash. Okay. But um, the hmm. downstairs is a little more. You, you could bring your weekend back there. <laughs> <laughs> so we're sitting in Harry Brown's, and we're sitting at this little pub table. And across from us is this um, student who goes to St. John's. For those of us that, that are listening that don't know St. John's, St. John's is a school that really gives the emphasis on studying the classics, Aristotle, Plato, philosophers. There's really not even tests hmm. that Johnny's, Johnny's take. You just sort of, you just read an immense amount of literature and you pontificate and you you engage in philosophical lectures and it's for readers very heady, very intellectual, but it's 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 a it's a unique school altogether. Mm. But this this young guy was sitting at the bar and he was reading this book that was huge and um, scared me. And um, he then engaged this other guy in conversation, and the other guy simply asked him, "What's your favorite read thus far?" And he said, "I overheard him say." Oh, uh, my favorite thus far is St. Augustine, Mm. his confessions. Wow. And having read that, um, there is a lot to to, to speak about there. And so Ruth overheard it as well, and she said, I want to talk to him. And I was like, okay, here we go. Now, in all honesty, I was like, I don't want to do this right now because this guy could probably talk circles around the both of us, and he's going to get in deep waters. And I don't know if I have the bandwidth to hang tonight, yada, yada, yada. But nevertheless, where Ruth is like, Ruth's like, you know, the hound of heaven. She's, she, if she's on it, she's going to stick with She'd it. She'd rather have the pain of a tough conversation Come on. than the pain of Come regret. Come on, somebody. <laughs> the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. Yep. So she 
the, the one guy had gotten up, walked away, and she goes, hey. Plops right down next oh, to no, no, didn't even get up. Oh. Summoned him to our table. Yo, come here. <laughs> Let me holler at you, son. <laughs> and so she said, hey, I heard that you like confessions, you know, and um, what parts do you like? Well, we wound up engaging this guy for at least 45 minutes to an hour, engaged in gospel conversation. I mean, matters of Jesus and sin and repentance and what he thinks about all of that. It was so rich and so good. But I found myself throughout the conversation just praying, just praying to the Mm, Holy Spirit. Lord, give me wisdom, give me perspective, give me your insight in how I should answer, what I should ask, or because I really wanted this guy to have an encounter with Jesus. And so that night ended beautifully. He sent me a text the following day and said, hey, I would love to follow up in conversation. I say that to say that I really believe that God's kingdom is the most prominent reality there is, Mm -hmm. yet it's often substituted for a cheap, weak, alternative reality that culture sells, and actually the very enemy of our soul, keeps us focused upon. But if he said that when you seek me and you seek my kingdom, that means his kingdom is present, Mm -hmm. and he's active, and he's working, and he's moving. I want to seek his hands to find out where where, where are you in motion. And I know that he's in motion, not just in the four walls of the church, but he's, he's in motion outside. So I want to make it my resolution to keep a keen eye for where are your hands. Yeah. And then lastly, when he says, I'm going to all these things will be given to you, that means that I can seek to enter his rest. That just, I can rest in him. Mm. I, can, I can trust. God... You got all the T's crossed and all the I's dotted. If I seek your face and I seek your hands and I make those my priority, then I can also inherit your rest where I can chill in you and in my confidence of what you're going to do. And I don't have to run around with this fury feeling like I got to dot all my I's and cross all my T's and busy myself to the point of anxiety. That's not God's heart for his sons and daughters. Mm-hmm. So I really believe to, to seek God's kingdom is to seek his face, seek his hands, and seek his rest. Yeah. And in that, I think that's a wonderful way to live. Actually, I would go as far as to say that is his design for how we live. Mm. It's a bold statement. That is. But I'm going to stand by it, and I'll <laughs> argue anybody over it. Rick, come at me. <laughs> whoa, 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 my man. I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, one, one caveat, because I, I love all that, and I think that's a, a beautiful framework. Um, one of the things that you mentioned yesterday, as we were just kind of talking through the idea of resolutions and whatnot, as you had mentioned, you know, you never want it to turn into a hyper-spiritualization in the mm. sense of, well... God's got everything, so I don't have to do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't think that 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 doesn't uh, contradict anything that you just said, because everything you just said is very intentional. I'm going to seek his face. I'm going to seek his hands. I'm going to seek his rest. Like, these are active processes. I just don't want that to be interpreted as, well, I guess I don't have to do anything, because you know what I mean? Certainly, certainly. 
And I, you know, I, I could certainly see the need for clarify that or cage that so that one doesn't get foolish with that. I, I get that. Um, what I don't want to do is that's that's my word. <laughs> I yeah, believe yeah, that that's, it's a, that's fair. That's a universal word. I do believe that there is a universal application to that word. That's my word. I am one that struggles. I I am a doer. Yeah. I am a doer. I feel um, a weight and a burden at times to keep doing and at times to keep striving in an unbalanced fashion, in a way that's not good, mm-hmm. um, th- th- in a way that's just flat out carnal. That's just me. It's just me. And a lot of times it's motivated by pride or ego or my own insecurity or my own sense of anxiety. Like, I got to do this. For me, I really feel like I need to strive. Scripture tells us to strive to enter his rest. That means that there's got to be an emphasis and a prioritization to really shut and wean your soul of all this frantic going so that you can rest in your soul and that he's going to do the going for you. I understand that needs to be quantified, but for me, it makes perfect sense. Does that make sense? It does. It makes perfect sense. No, just just saying that as someone who is who's not the same as you yeah. i'm i'm not a a doer this is going to make me sound really bad but like i'm i would be someone to use that as a license to gotcha. be like well i guess i don't have to do anything no that's right. not what you're saying right you know? yeah um, like for those that are unemployed and you know 38 <laughs> and living in their parents house you know like <laughs> rest isn't your word <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you need to awake, oh sleeper. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I like Your it. word for 23 is job. <laughs> uh, welcome to season two, ladies and gentlemen. No, that's yeah. good stuff. That's good stuff. And I think that that is a, a strong framework to head into the year with. Amen. I'm going to take that. I'm going to take my sharpening the saw. Saw blades. My saw blades. I'm going to go to Stony River, and I'm going to try it again. (laughs) I love it. I love it. No, but it's good to be back. Yes, it is. And uh, we're excited for season two. We got some guests in the lineup. We sure do. Um, It's going to be a good one. Maybe the camera can get a pan of the third mic. Ooh. Well, due to the fact that we don't have a camera operator... There will be no pan. I don't I know if you know how that to, works. I was going to try to manifest. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. There's a third mic right there, guys, but you can't see it. Uh, okay. But with that, yes. I would like to say if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Also, follow us on the gram. Yes. At Simplexity Podcast. And we are on YouTube. We love you guys. Oh.